There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Oh yeah, hello, how are you doing today, hockey fans? It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is season four, episode 14. We're calling this one The Flurry. We've got a great little chit-chat coming up with uh, Michael Nagan of Dynasty Hockey Co., a Brooklyn-based, New York Islanders-themed uh, apparel company. And uh, yeah, we chat about the aisles and uh, all kinds of things, really. Um, and so stay tuned for that coming up later in the show. And uh, yeah, they, we've got a, a beauty coming up for you here. I'm here, co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, co-host Randy. Randy's just coming out of the pregame shower, running the comb <laughs> through his hair. <laughs> pre-game shower? Oh my yeah, God. how's that tradition going for you, Randy? Oh, uh, well, I clearly don't care about water usage, so I'm showering before and after the game. So I think the coach needs to give me a talking to, or maybe he, uh, the water used, uh, you know, f- for my pregame shower is like subtracted from my Gatorade bottle. So then I yeah. don't get to hydrate. So less uh, hydration on the bench, but lots of good hydration before. Yeah, you know, I get it all the in, gear yeah. on. But yeah, no, a pregame shower uh, could be a new tradition. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, uh, a little excessive. But uh, there is somebody I know who has done that uh, or regularly did that. Um, that was kind of a pre-COVID thing. I don't know. And uh, But we always joke about it uh, on our team. I don't know why. It just seems funny. <laughs> it's a little funny, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll try it maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the post game shower is good enough you know uh a, a different uh community radio host here in winnipeg was telling me on his show he used to do a segment called the flush files and it was reviews of public bathrooms and uh so we were talking about hockey showers or showers at hockey rinks and how like you know it's always something right either like the water pressure or the temperature, you're never going to get both being good. Yeah. Except for that one rink we played at in uh, Charleswood around Christmas time that had like the best showers. Oh ever. yeah. That was, um, yeah. what was that rink called again? Varsity view. Varsity, right. Yeah. yeah. Varsity view arena. Great showers. So if yeah. you're ever in Winnipeg, you find yourself playing there. Oh, you're in for a treat. Even if you're not <laughs> playing hockey, just see if you can go use the shower. <laughs> Tell them you heard it on Talking Hockey, and they'll be like, yeah. get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Okay, so season four, episode 14, The Flurry. Theo Flurry, uh, the pride of Russell, Manitoba. Is that what the sign on the yeah. uh, ta- Town's Edge says? Yeah. And uh, so although he was born in Oxbow, Saskatchewan, which uh, – you know, it's a little blip on the map there. Um, and then his family spent a couple years in BC. 
they moved to Russell, Manitoba when he was just a, a, a young feller, age of five or so, and uh, kind of settled there. And that's where he got into hockey and playing the fiddle and all that, all that kind of stuff. Because um, if you didn't know, yeah, uh, Theo Fleury, he's a, a bit of a musician as well as a guy who played over a thousand games in the NHL and played over a thousand games in the NHL and scored a point a game in the NHL. I think his grand totals. Yeah, pretty uh, much. 1084 and 1088. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just shy of 500 goals. He's finished with 455 in his career. Uh, so that's not too shabby at all. And uh, his penalty minutes were always impressive. I thought, you know, um, so he finished with, 1,840 penalty minutes in his career. He had stops in a few different places, played, you know, the majority of his career in Calgary. That's where he's probably most remembered. He won a Stanley Cup in Calgary. Uh, That would have been his rookie year that they won the Cup, I believe. That's correct, yeah. 1989. Um, And then uh, after Calgary, he went to New York. He played for the Rangers. Uh, for three seasons, and then he finished his career in Chicago. And uh, you know, in I don't be- even rem- remember. In between, in between Calgary and uh, the Rangers, it shows here on Hockey DB that he had a cup of coffee with the Avalanche. Huh. Fifteen games. He. Yeah. He, oh. I guess yeah, he would have went too. maybe to Colorado at trade, the trade, trade deadline. deadline. Oh, and yep. speaking of which, I got a trade deadline question for you in a few minutes, here, Tommy. Nice. Okay. Well, it's. Uh, Hey, and you know what? Looks like he was a, probably a pretty good trade deadline acquisition for Colorado, scoring 24 points in 15 games to end the 98-99 season there. Yeah. What happened he, in the playoffs? Eight, uh, well, hit 18 games and he had 17 points. Okay. Yeah. So, so that would have been a year Colorado didn't quite make the final, but they were very close to – maybe that was in between their cups. I can't remember – the order of their cups or what year they won their cups in. But, um, but Theo Fleury, anyway, he was, he was an all-star for, there was a season. Um, yeah. He's only one time all-star and a Stanley cup and not big on the individual accolades, but he, he was like an impact player for sure. You know, who reminds me of him in a way these days is Nikolai Ehlers. I kind of get, flurry vibes from him some days he's a little little water bug fast gets yeah. around with the puck pretty good he's got a good shot you know finds ways to get in there and score um because of course flurry is just a little guy right like uh five six it says yeah five six 182 that would have been i guess like his playing weight or whatever so kind of built like a a brick outhouse if you will <laughs> um you know solid little thing but that was always the knock against him i think before you know and probably even all the way through his career was that he was too small um and especially in the era that he played in there were some i was like an era with with big guys you know oh yeah Um, yeah like uh it's not like how it is right now, how hockey players are, are so fast and small and agile mm-hmm. that um, it works better now. But, uh, you know, th- you know, he was, he played bigger than what his, you know, what his uh, height was listed at. That's for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you know that he also played uh, professional baseball for two games? No way. Yeah, with the Calgary Vipers of, uh, you know, like kind of like the same league the Gold Eyes are in, but slightly different, you know? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, the Golden Baseball League, it was called, based in California, later merged with the Northern League. Blah, which, blah, is, blah. which is the league that the gold eyes are in now okay there you go i think oh so, no, yeah the calgary no, they're called the american association now anyways but mm. uh we got a few minutes to go here before our okay. uh interview with michael negan from dynasty hockey co but uh i got a question uh you know kind of just piggybacking off that whole trade deadline uh yeah. you know move with uh, theo flurry back in 98 so so right now i'm gonna just pick a couple players that seem to be uh, you know on I guess you could say some of the trade bait boards. So yeah. I, I want, I, so I'm going to name two players and I want you to pick the one that you think is actually going to get moved. And I want okay. you to, and I want you to pick where you think that player is going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to, the two players, I, I want you to pick one or the other are Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. And, math. And, uh, Claude Giroux, which, yeah. which, which one of those two players are going to get traded at the deadline and where will they go? I think that uh, it will be Giroux that gets traded. I don't think Marc-Andre is going to go anywhere. Um, he's an enticing name, I think, for teams out there to that need a goalie, you know, Edmonton being one of them. But he's got basically full no move. And what are the chances he's going to say, like, let's go to Edmonton? You yeah. know, like, I don't know. I just don't think he's at a point of his career, you know, where, you know, I think he's probably just content to ride it out in Chicago for the season. He'll see what, if he's going to play next year or not, you know, and he can kind of pick his team then. Um, I, I just don't think that. He's going anywhere, but I do think Claude Giroux will, but I don't think it'll be until after he plays his 1000th game in the NHL, all of them with Philadelphia, which will happen like just before the trade deadline. Oh yeah. So the trade deadline is Monday, the 21st, right? I think the 17th he's scheduled to play his 1000th game. Very. And he's been a lifelong Philly flyer. Yeah. So I, I just have a feeling that, you know, they'll, they'll uh, make it happen there. And then if he wants to go because he's an unrestricted free agent and all the rest of it, and he could really bring in a haul for the flyers. Cause I mean, he's still a great player and imagine him going to a team like Colorado. That's where the, a lot of talk has been of him rumors going to there, but I don't know. Like, yeah. So that's the second part of your question. Where is he going to go? That's yeah. a tough one. Like try, I don't try, see, try and uh, block out the rumors that you've heard and just, you know, picture what, like do the little fun game where you're trying to picture this guy in a Jersey that yeah. you know, he's just played almost a thousand games in a flyers Jersey. Could you picture him in, someone else's jersey and mm. who, who would that be i i could see maybe florida making a pitch and 
him being a good fit in Florida. And Florida's poised to go on a pretty good run. They've got all the pieces, it seems like. They, you know, they've got... Uh, does Huberto play center? Or is he uh, a winger? He, he's, I think he's usually wing with, uh, with Barkov. Barkov. Barkov's the center. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd have to pull up their lineup, but I don't... I just feel like maybe they could probably use a little center depth. Um, but... You know, that said, Colorado's, but it's Colorado's a little deeper down the middle, I think. Um, it, but, it is a cup. Like, this is the year that Colorado needs to win the cup. Like, if right. you think of the last three seasons, some disappointing, uh, you know, exits in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're going to say Florida? I would say, I'll say Florida. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just kind of looking at Florida's centers, they got Barkov, Anton Lundell, Sam Bennett. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's I, I, I think that they would look to add some depth to their center position. And Giroux would be a great guy to do that with. It's going to cost them for sure a first round pick, probably a prospect. And then a later pick or something. I don't. I don't really know, but yeah, it'll it'll be several pieces, and I think Florida's ready to do that because of the season they've had and the way that they've been playing. And you look at last year's playoffs, and they met Tampa in the first round, and that series went seven games, and then Tampa went on to win the cup. You know, uh, Florida's probably thinking. We've got yeah. just as good a shot as any anybody this year. They're probably not going to play Tampa in the first round this year. Uh, yeah, I think someone, if the playoffs started today, it'd be Toronto, but I could be wrong. Yeah, someone is going to get that number one seed for sure. But we got we got to throw to Michael's interview here. But before okay. we do, um, I'm going to say it's going to be Giroux because I think the only way Flurry gets traded is if he can magically end up back in Pittsburgh. But right. I, I, I don't think that's likely. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on it. I'm gonna put a pint a, a pint of beer. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, bet you. I've heard of those. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> say that Giroux goes to the Los Angeles Kings. That's my to L.A. Yeah, that's oh. the, you know that's my spidey sense. Yeah. So, L.A. is just like a sneaky team. This I know, year. and they I think they could they could uh, you know attract some players. So I'm gonna say Giroux to L.A. and uh, nice. yeah, I like it. All right. Well, we got Michael Nagins uh, waiting in the wings here. So let's uh, let's just uh, see what's going on. All right, we're joined here by Michael Nagin of the Dynasty Hockey Company. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining us here on Talking Hockey today. Yeah, good to be here. Um, excited. Talk right some on. hockey. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk some hockey. Um, so you're based in Brooklyn, New York, the Big mm-hmm. Apple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're uh are you a long island uh native or uh, like because yeah. i know in new york who, which team you cheer for the rangers the islanders the devils whatever it depends very much on your geographic uh boundaries yeah it's a real mix i think uh, a lot of it is like legacy <laughs> so um you grow up 
whoever your parents liked, I guess you end up liking. Um, but I mostly grew up on the island. So yeah, so, you know, all throughout school years, I was, I was on the island. You know, nice. I was born in Brooklyn, we lived in Queens for a while, then we moved out to the island. And then, you know, post-college, I moved back to the city in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, and, and, and been an Islanders fan island. the whole time? Yes, yes, exactly, yeah, <laughs> from the start. So take us back to your early Islanders, uh, you know, when you became a fan, like, you know, was is that in the 80s, I guess, or like, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't remember the, the first cup in 80. I start having, you know, minor memories of like the second and the third and the fourth was probably the one I remember the most. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for my age, between between the the Miracle on Ice and then the Islanders coming up with, with Dynasty years, um, it was really formative and like just everybody I knew was sort of hockey crazy on the island. So uh, I think it was just like perfect timing for us you know, the, the, both of those things happening sort of simultaneously. And it really got a lot of people into hockey on the Island. And did you play hockey as a kid? Yeah. 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 From, so, yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I think the, yes, from like five and up. So it, it was, you know, right away. Cool. Is there it's, much of a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah. I was just going to say like, you know, growing up with that, you know, that uh, legendary Islanders team, like who was your favorite player back then? Obviously you, you probably had a few and you, you know, some yeah. legends to, to look up to. I mean, probably bossy, uh, you know, just the goal score, you know, as a kid, you just want to score goals. So, yeah. Uh, bossy was definitely the guy. Um, but you know, LaFontaine came in like around 84, 83, 84, um, and he was, you know, an American and, you know, he was, he was just really fun to watch. And I, and, you know, I definitely had the, the LaFontaine jersey when I was a kid. Um, you know, I had a, a skating clinic that I used to go to and the, and the coach brought in LaFontaine to skate with us one time. Oh, nice. Sort of mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great player to watch. I really enjoyed yeah. him. He was one of, you know, when you think back to the eighties and he's a name that immediately, like he's one of those guys that you think of like hockey cards and whatever like right. yeah definitely a big LaFontaine fan as well um with the with the playing hockey um mm. is there much of uh like a beer league rec hockey scene in New York City yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, for sure and I mean I think the thing about New York is and you find this in in so many different areas uh you know as, as far as like interests you have so many people that move from other places, you know, it's a magnet from all over. So you get, you get people from all over. So I've skated with guys that, you know, grew up in Canada, grew up in Massachusetts, grew up in Vermont, you know, like mm -hmm. you skate with people from all over. So it, it's, um, it, there's a lot, there's a, there's a big hockey audience here. And it was yeah. funny too, because like, you know, when they moved to Brooklyn Islanders, um, I, the, the fans from Long Island didn't really want to make the trek a lot of times, but I would go walk around the arena and like you'd run into a ton of people that you skate with that just wanted to come out and watch a game and it was easy to get to. So yeah. um, people showing up that, that didn't even really root for the Islanders just wanted to watch a game. Right. And, and they're now they're in the new arena, which is yeah. not, it's, I, I've heard it, it's like right on the border of Queens and yeah. whatever, exactly. uh, Long Island or whatever. County, yeah. Which is like, yeah unofficial start of long Island. <laughs> have you been to the new rink yet yeah 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 uh i've been, been to a few games it's uh it's uh, it's awesome it's great it's a great nice. arena um sight lines are great the, w the way they built it out is really nice 
um, yeah, it's just like top-notch arena. It's, it's really, it's like, it, it almost doesn't feel real because we dealt with so many bad arenas for so long and yeah. so much uh, so much garbage around what they were going to do about the arenas and like highs and lows as far as that goes. Um, but to have this, it almost seems unreal. It's it, like, you don't want to touch it. Like, you know, it's like a new car. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to ruin it yet. Like, don't take the plastic off your phone when you get it kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I got one more question related to that before we hop, because we got to talk uh, Dynasty Hockey Co. Uh, quite a bit here. But the past few years for Islanders fans, Nassau County Coliseum, then you moved into Brooklyn and you guys were playing in that arena where like the uh, r- the rink was like off center. Like you yeah, know? The, the scoreboard <laughs> was like over the blue line. Yeah. So take us through the past, like, I guess, what is that? Four or it, five years of kind of, there were like, some lean years before that even too, oh, right? Yeah. There was talk about yeah. moving the Islanders and stuff. Well, like, I mean, they just couldn't figure out the, the arena deal and, you know, Nassau County politically, I mean, not to get too heavy into it, but like, they just seemed completely unwilling to help them develop a new, uh, a new site, um, you know, Charles Wang, the, the old owner, um, he tried, he tried to do it with his own money, tried to do it with taxpayer money, like they just shut him down every which way. And it sort of just seemed like a power struggle. I, I mean, I sort of feel sympathetic to whatever's going on in Phoenix, because I feel like this, that's what the Islanders sort of went through, where it was just this like push and pull on, on, on development stuff. But, um, and then they moved to Brooklyn and it, it sort of seemed like it was going to be long-term, but people just were not on board with it. Um, and I think, I think ultimately Barclays Center handled most of what was going on there as far as like the marketing and, and stuff like that. And they just were terrible <laughs> to put it bluntly. Uh, it was just awful. I mean, I was in Brooklyn and I saw one billboard for the Islanders. There was no community outreach, you know, back in the day when the, when the Islanders played at the Coliseum, they would have like a student night during the week. And if you had a student night, ID, you got in for 10 bucks. Like they never did anything like that to sort of like grassroots development uh, uh, into the sport. Um, and it could have worked out if, if they handled it correctly, but they, they just dropped the ball. And, and I, I've heard from friends that are into basketball that they, they sort of do the same thing with the Nets, but it's just basketball is just, you know, more popular in Brooklyn. So it's easier for them to, to get by on that. So, uh, but now, but now the new arena is just, it's, it's just amazing. And it just, it seemed like it was never going to happen. And it finally did. Yeah. Yeah. It does look like a beauty rank and all the, all the sort of things I've read about it so far. Um, yeah. Top of the, top of the line kind of thing. And yeah. so it's kind of nice to see like, and you know, the Islanders are a team that uh, are having a bit of a rough year for sure. Like, and there's some parallels to the Winnipeg yeah. Jets, our local team here, yeah. you yeah. know, on paper supposed to be kind of good. Yeah. The season hasn't really turned out the way it was supposed to. And maybe the Islanders early season, like 20 game road trip or whatever, because the new rink wasn't ready. Right. So they had, uh, you know, maybe that's part of the issue, but, um, but even since then, you know, they just haven't been able to really sort of turn it around and play consistently good hockey i had the islanders as my kind of like dark horse pick to go through the east uh i'm not looking too smart (laughs) after calling that one but not winning that pool today yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh i did go see the isles the one i've only been to one game in winnipeg this year and it was when the islanders came to town and when when the schedule came out and my buddies were going through and 
they were like, oh, this game I can't go to, whatever. I was like, give me the Islanders game. Right. And, uh, you know, but that was, you know, that was in November or something. So. Right. That was a different but, season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so tell us about Dynasty Hockey Co. Like, what what is it? What are you doing? And then, what's it all about? Um, yeah, Dynasty Hockey Co. is just like an attempt to, um, you know, capture some of the enthusiasm around the team. Um, I really, you know, partially it was looking around and looking for, you know, Islanders gear and just like not happy with what was available. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams fall, you know, you fall into that. Um, so, and I had, you know, I'm a designer by nature and, and for occupation. And so I would always like design little things on the side and like, I just had a folder full of designs for a long time. And, um, and then, you know, quarantine during the pandemic, I just got really bored (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, I got to do something. I need like another creative outlet. So, um, so I was talking to my wife one day about the idea. She's like, just do it. She's like, what's the big deal? Just go for it. So, um, so then I just, you know, I, I just went from there and it started January, January last year. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I guess uh, as far as some of the designs go, like, it seems like there's maybe a bit of uh, some of the designs have a music theme in them. Like you got the Ziggy Palfy, AKA yeah. Ziggy Stardust uh, one. I've seen yeah. some Ramones-esque type designs. Right. Um, some other, some other ones as well. So uh, is there a connection for you between, you know, hockey slash the Islanders and music, or is it just sort of? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of colleagues that I have that are, that are Islanders friends or friends that are into the Islanders all have similar interests. Um, I always liked like, um, brands like, you know, group skateboarding. So like brands like Stussy, um, that would bring all these different interests together, like streetwear with, with music with punk rock with you know hip-hop with you know uh, you know vintage like sports themes like I just loved how they used to fuse all those different interests together um and it's just you know something that I I wanted to to be able to do with the with the label is just like bring all my interests together and and you know I feel like the audience when they get it they like totally get it and Mm -hmm. I think that's what sort of sets us apart is that, you know, we're, we're bringing all these different interests together. So like, would you, are, are you like just online? Are you, is there like a, like a in, available in stores? Like tell, tell their listeners about, just, you know. Just online um, right now. Um, if any retailers <laughs> want to reach out, I'm happy to work something out. Uh, but right now it was just, it was just online. Um, again, it was, it was spinning out of like pandemic time. It was just like, it was just easier to just like do everything uh, online and ship it out myself. Um, it, it was just the easiest way to handle it. And what's the reaction been like? Are, are you starting to kind of notice a, a bit of a following? Yeah, for sure. We definitely, we definitely have a following. Um, um, and I think, uh, I think people look forward to, to like whatever the references are that I, that I try to bring out in, in designs. Um, I think that's sort of the fun part about it. Um, and I always get, you know, the comments about, oh my God, yes, I remember this, or I love this, or, you know, like when you bring out like a Ken Baumgartner <laughs> or like, uh, 
or um, you know, you have a design that references like Fugazi, like people they recognize it and they just they they um, they just love it. So um, yeah, it's definitely developing a following. Every once in a while, I pass I pass some designs, pass a couple of my buddies who you know I grew up playing with. And they're like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> you know, like that might be too obscure or something like that. Are, I like the sorry the Nirvana one with the uh, Barzy scoring, yeah. press ignoring, bagel eating, burn rocking aisles. Uh, <laughs> I had that Nirvana T-shirt in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of I course, still it have had mine. The fudge yeah. packet and whatever else <laughs> on the back. So. Yeah. yeah, I love that uh, one. What's the bagel eating reference? Uh, that's um, Might be a yeah, little New you know, York for I don't know. It's Long Island is uh, you know famous for the bagels. Uh, okay. Everybody loves it, um, and they're just it's just everywhere. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know it's just sort of known that the area is just sort of known for it. And um, okay. there's a, these guys that do Blue Line Deli, and they have these blue and orange bagels. Um, oh yeah, I've seen yeah. that uh, at the new rink. Uh, yeah, they have they they have a, a little stand at the rink, which is fun. Um, so you know, just referencing some of the Long Island stuff that, uh, nice. that everybody loves. Yeah. Have you been to a game and seen people wearing your stuff? Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and that's and every cool. once in a while, I get people, you know, like texting me, "Oh, I was at the game," and everyone was asking about where I got this. And nice. And if I there sometimes you know people stop me and like oh what is that you know so i always have like stickers or whatever on me to like uh, a little little brand uh street uh street team kind of thing yeah yeah slap them on uh signs near the <laughs> yeah, rink or something exactly. like that yeah uh -huh. um with uh so with you're saying like with that bagel place there that reminded me last year in the playoffs there was the like pasta eating competition or something some famous place must be out by the coliseum oh yeah yeah and what do you know anything about that like what's the background with with uh no i i don't know about that i that I, that might have slipped through and and it really I've made waves that. on like social I mean, media it seems like if you're if you um live on long island you I think it's automatic that you have to have a love of pasta. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> Italians and Italian restaurants that like, you know, um, it, it's sort of like second nature. You have to have it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Anything carb related in New York is yeah. number one, basically. Nice. Yeah. And pasta. So I, I got to ask Michael, what, what's your, what, what's your take on John Tavares? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, ours, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even care anymore. You know, oh, yeah. Um, you, I was, I was upset when he left. Just on the circumstances, there's stuff about his game I don't miss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't miss watching every night. Um, and it, it was just, you know, they had the chance to move him at the trade deadline. He said no, and then he walked anyway. And it's just like, you know, if if. Felino's pulling a first. What what was he pulling at at trade deadline? Yeah, yeah. You know, like they they would have been set for the next five years, even if he was going to go. Yeah, so yeah. It was... I was more upset with that, but at this point, I don't I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. A, a few seasons ago, but like when his first visit back to the island. Was it like Pajama Boy or something? Like, what, what were they? Yeah. They torched him with that, yeah. man. I, I mean, that was a tough one to pull out on Twitter. That's the way you're going to say that you're leaving. It's you and you. Yeah. These jammies? Come on. Oh, uh, <laughs> you and, you know, 
I don't know about in New York, but in, in pretty much everywhere in Canada, except Toronto area, everybody hates the Leafs. <laughs> I'm sure. And yeah. so it's just like, you, you know, you can torch them about like any number of pajama related uh, comments <laughs> <laughs> to this day. And it's been a few seasons now, but yeah, it's uh <laughs> Uh, that was and like in the Coliseum parking lot. There were like people like burning Tavares jerseys and then like yeah. running them over with their trucks and stuff. I mean, I guess it was cathartic the first time. Now I'm just like, yeah. all right, we got to just let it go. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was just the circumstances of, of how he was leaving. But now I feel like I don't know. Lately, I've been looking. I've been seeing on Twitter that like. Some people are starting to get fed up in Toronto with the same things that would bother me that, you know, right. when I watched them. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, you, you see that happening. But, you know, like, you know, Matt Martin has more playoff wins now than John yeah. Paris. So, like, it's hard to be upset with that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about, like, the rivalry between, like, the Rangers and the Islanders and uh, even within the oh, Metro. Yeah. Like, there's, like, there's classic battles, like, against Pittsburgh totally. even and stuff. Like, you know, the, like... Islanders just seems to seem to always be that team that uh, you know has some sort of rival. It's probably the fans' fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I growing up, the Islander Ranger battles were just like legendary. It, like going to the games was almost scary. You know, like it, it, it was crazy because the the there's not like a real distinction geographically between the fans. Like they sort of mix together. Um, so those, those games, it, they were always nuts. Um, and they had so many classic battles. But then I think between the Islanders being terrible for so long, then they started getting good and the Rangers were bad. Like they haven't played meaningful games in a while. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the rivalry has sort of like simmered a bit. It's still there. And people like, you know, just, you know, needling the other team. But um I'm looking forward to them both being good at the same time and having some like meaningful games uh, against each other and, and like bringing that back. Yeah. We need um, another uh, subway the... series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was rough growing up. Those, those games were crazy, but um, yeah, if, if they could both be good and meet in the playoffs, like that'll, that'll bring it right back. I mean, I think that's why there's, there's more of that rivalry with, rivalry with the pens now. It's just because they faced them so many times in the playoffs in the past, mm. you know, five, six years. Um, it, it really amps that stuff up. Would yeah. you be able to say like, you know, what's missing for the Islanders? Like, you know, you know, what, what's the piece or, you know, what, what can get them kind of back to the playoffs is, you know, I think it's two things. I think they need a, another puck moving defenseman, which, you know, is, is tough. Um, they lost, they lost Taze, they lost Letty. Um, and they, they don't have anybody else that could really move the puck. Not that I, not that I miss Letty, <laughs> but mm. he, he did have, he did have the wheels. Um, so I think that's helpful. You know, they're, they're, they're a little bit more stationary and slower. They're, they're D right now. So I think that would help a lot. Um, just cause they, they have trouble getting up the ice. Yeah. And then the other but, thing is they need, they need like some kind of sniper to play with Barzi. Um, right. he doesn't, he's never really had that. Um, so it, I mean, good luck finding one of those, but like that, yeah. that's those are the two things they need. If they had both of those things, they'd be set. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed, um, yeah, with losing Taves and, and whatnot, mm. that's a big thing. But they, I guess 
Noah Dobson's really kind of come along this yeah. year and he's maybe showing that he can be that guy going forward yeah. and Absolutely. but he's still a rookie essentially I mean he's not I don't think he's technically a rookie but no. yeah but I think he's only 20 yeah um which is crazy but yeah he's he's really taken some great strides this year um and he really you know when Pollock was down um he really stepped it up and like it, he was a different player like the yeah. first 10 games of the season to to when Pollock went down and he started getting the minutes it was just like night and day yeah he, he's been great he's been a huge surprise it's been nice to watch his development. If they if they could have one more puck moving defenseman, they'd they'd be set back in the in the back end. I I had drafted Pulak to my fantasy team, huh. and uh, his point production really took a dip. And then, but he was getting lots of block shots, and we have that category. Right. And okay. I was like, okay, I was happy. And then he got hurt, and then it was like, so it was. Uh, shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dropped him, but um, yeah, like overall who's your favorite current islander um i mean yeah, barzal or mm-hmm. um you know i do like i mean I, I really love watching dobson now i feel like the way the way his game's developed he, he's been fun to watch um and he's always like surprising you over the course of a game um you know i like clutterbuck man yeah <laughs> I yeah Cal clutterbuck um, classic I think just personally, great, great name too. I want to hang out with on the team. You know, he's <laughs> like he's always got a good haircut. He's got you know, like he 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 bangs, but he could score. Um, yeah, he seems he seems like he'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Those, about, those uh, are my main guys. How about Barry Trotz? Is he is he uh, done after this season or or what's no? no he's I, I mean, get... I, I can I cannot believe that they would fire a Jack Adams award winner for a 500 season. <laughs> you know, I'm only asking because we want him here in Winnipeg. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of talk. Oh, I, I wouldn't let him go. I mean, okay. the turnaround when, when him and Lou showed up is, is just like incredible. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of talk locally about what the Jets are going to do oh, coach-wise. Yeah. And and everybody, it seems like, well, you know, Barry Trotz is from uh, around <laughs> here. And uh, <laughs> good luck trying him away from the Islanders at this point, I'd say. What's yeah. the temperature up there on the team? Like, how's everybody feeling? Oh, it's is brutal. It like, brutal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, oh, no, two days ago, they were up three nothing on Colorado and they lost six three. Oh, and yeah, I it's saw the highlight for that one. Yeah, low lights actually probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and then today we got Arizona. Well, I, I guess this is there airing in a couple yeah, weeks. By the time this airs, we'll yeah. yeah. But right, right, right. Uh, by the yeah. time this airs, uh that uh, dumpster the over there is is you know burnt burnt to the ground. Um <laughs> the, Yotes we... the, the Knights uh, last night, so maybe they'll be feeling themselves and They'll give you a tough one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's it's uh it's not looking good here. Uh, I mean, one I thing I got. Like you guys were on the verge. Like uh, they, they were another. The Jets were, were a team that we're, we're always on the verge, and then we just yeah. went back down the hill. <laughs> yeah, it was it was close, and then uh, it's kind of hard to say what exactly happened. Right. Uh, but they've this year has not gone according to plan. You know, you you go back to the preseason and whatever, and everybody's making their predictions and. People are saying, oh, yeah, the Jets are looking really good on paper. And it just, you know, the the goaltending, like Hellebuck has been decent. Like his save right. percentage is more or less what it, you know, it's like respectable. But right. 
he just hasn't stolen games for them this year. Yeah. And the goal scoring has really dried up. Nick Ehlers is injured and he's been injured mm-hmm. for a while. The forward depth is a little bit lacking. Shifley was really stinking out the joint for a good number of uh, games there or months or whatever. His press so. conference at the end of last season was ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God. I, I oh. wonder if that, that's what I was wondering. If like the team was sort of like hung over with from the way last season ended. Yeah. I think they're still hung over from like 2018, honestly. Like it just seems like we haven't been able to kind of regain that magic that they had when they went to the Western conference final. Uh, Um, But it's like, they're a little slow moving here. Like maybe they should have moved a little quicker. Like, you know, we, you know, I would say the line a for Dubois trade is, is working out like Dubois is going to like, he's a pillar here for us. Kyle Connor is same thing for you guys with, uh, with Barzell, same kind of player. Maybe Barzell is a bit better, but um, there's some bright spots, but um, yeah, there's still some work to do. I got to ask you though, uh, one of my favorite pieces of New York Islanders folklore is that uh, documentary that was done, the ESPN one uh, by Kevin Connolly. Are you familiar with that? Oh yeah, yeah. Where the owner owner bought the Islanders with the money that he didn't have? (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's a worse reflection on the Islanders or the NHL because they basically did no legwork and no background check yeah. on this guy. They're like, yeah, sure. You want to take him? Go, go for it. <laughs> and like there was nothing there. It was, it was crazy. It's, and it, it, you know what was funny was that he tried to buy two other teams before Islanders and the owners walked out of the meeting. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot which team he was trying to buy, but I remember, I remember they walked out of the meeting. Maybe it was the GM. And he, and he, he, because the Spano didn't buy the lunch, like he didn't yeah. punk out his car. And when the bill came, he was like, there's something wrong here. And, the, and they <laughs> canceled the sale. And I forgot which team that was. Maybe it was Atlanta or something. I don't even remember. But um, yeah, I mean, it just it looked bad for the league. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no, well, with that. And then also with like the, the whole arena stuff that you've guys gone through yeah. over the past few years, there's like, and then, you know, not to discount, you guys won four Stanley Cups in a row there with mm-hmm. like, you know, there's there's some legendary moments with the uh, with the New York Islanders franchise. And uh, it's pretty cool to see what you're doing with with your clothing company. And and uh, yeah, as far as um, like what, what's the what's for, uh, the future hold for for Dynasty Hockey Co? Man, more of the same. I, I mean, it's just been it's been so much fun and like, you know. It's tough because I feel like enthusiasm's down right now, just because everybody had such high hopes. But I honestly, I feel like it was just sort of like a speed bump, you know. Like uh, I feel like a lot of good teams, when they're getting to that to that next level, they take a step back one season, and then it's just how they handle it, you know. Yeah. Uh, everybody, do, I mean, the the Bolts did it too, you know. Yeah, they were they were pretty. Yeah, they kind of were close. Step back two cups yeah. in a row and hey they might go for a third this year we'll see but uh we're we're, we're running short on time here so we'll, okay. we'll start wrapping her up but um first of all where can where can our listeners find dynasty hockey company online um, and whatnot? The best um we're you know just dynasty hockey co on instagram and twitter um and the website is is dynastyhockey.co and um and all of our stuff's on there um right on yeah so and, and you and, ship to um, canada I, I, I do. I do ship to Canada. 
Although I had to make a, a special exception on the website, I was doing free shipping. And now I said, free shipping's only in the US. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. burned a couple of times trying to send, trying to send a hat to Canada. Yeah, that's uh, understandable. I will ship it. Yeah. I, I do play, uh, I do play uh, one beer league night a week that I have. I've got a couple of guys who are big Islanders fans. Oh, so right. I'm going to turn them on to uh, the one guy wears a Darius Casparitis jersey. <laughs> oh my God. Legend. That guy was a legend. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. I think we, we had an episode, we had a, we had an episode with like best hockey names a couple of seasons ago. And I'm pretty yeah. sure Darius Casparitis was top five. He's on there. He's on there <laughs> was, for sure. Oh my God. He was so loved on the Island. Yeah. yeah. It was great when he was on the team. <laughs> those, those early nineties teams were great. They, yeah. they were really good. They were close. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, would you be able to give us a little song pick to go out on here? We like to wrap things yeah, up with a tune. So for sure. There's one there's one particular one that I had in mind. Um, you know, we were talking about the, the Ziggy, the Ziggy shirt. Um, and, you know, back in the early 90s, they used to the Islanders used to come out to like a different song each period. Oh, and nice. I don't know who picked the songs. Right. But they, they got like a little obscure so like <laughs> for a while they were coming out to this like marcy song but then they came out to this one and it's 68 guns by the alarm i don't know if you guys are familiar with that tune i don't know it um, no yeah you should play it um 68 that well it's because one because they used to come out to it and i just have so many memories of like ray ferraro tearing around the ice yeah. that song, you know <laughs> um i don't know I, I don't know if the, maybe one of the guys on the team picked it like i could feel like Pat Flatley would be super into like, you know, uh, um, a U2 derivative modern rock band <laughs> like The Alarm, you know? Um, I could see him being totally into that. But, um, and also 68 for, for Poppy, he wore 68 when he came in the league. And I was yep. actually thinking the other day, there's not enough guys wearing 68 in the league anymore. No. Hoffman and that's it. That's like a travesty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, try and think of any others. Mike Hoffman. I'm drawing a blank after that. Yeah. He's the only um, one, I think, right you know, now. And and Yager still playing at age 50 <laughs> over in Ryan's Czech Republic. Uh, right. I would assume he's still rocking the 68. He's so, me, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I would love to see somebody else rocking the 68 again. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll spin uh, 68 guns by the alarm here. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Uh, Really great talking to you and talking yeah. about the Islanders and the Dynasty Hockey Company and uh, just, you know, hockey in general. So, uh, cheers. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. And now they're trying to take my life away. Forever young, I cannot stay. Hey! On every corner.
that was 68 guns by the alarm and uh that was a pretty good little chit chat with uh, michael in brooklyn you know uh brooklyn is on long island but it's and i always you know geographically speaking it's it's on long island but there's you heard him refer to it kind of differently right like i thought that was interesting and uh yeah anyway new york stuff but that was that was great talking to him so um, we're going we're gonna to get into a little game of hockey card war right now. We haven't played in a while. Uh, one of our favorite games for sure to play on the show here. And what it is, is you just take a stack of hockey cards, old or new, doesn't really matter, just cards. And you basically flip them out with your buddy one by one, uh, like a game of war, basically. So you kind of just show your card and the winner is the card whose player is either better uh, or like, let's say you get Mario versus um, Gretzky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would be a tough one, but either, either it's obvious that one player is better than the other, but maybe that's like a tie, like a Gretzky or Lemieux and you could go either way. So then it comes down to the card itself. The tiebreaker. Uh, Yeah. You know, does it, how's it look? How's it framed? What's the photo? Yeah. Is Mario bucket, no bucket? Yeah. Is he no bucket warmups? Like then yeah. that's an automatic win, obviously. Automatic win. Yeah. <laughs> so you basically um you just kind of know who wins usually, right? Like it's just uh, but it is fun. And you can go with any number of cards. We'll do let's let's try five. Okay. And I've and just got a stack here, and they're actually a mix. I got some OP, I got some pro sets, I got some upper decks. I got some OPGs, 
uh, you know, all kinds of different ones. I just grabbed randomly. Yeah, yeah, I've got and, a random batch of cards here from the cheap bin from Walmart. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so this will be interesting because I think mine are more '90s ones, and then you've got maybe some. I think more this is recent ones. Yeah, this is 2000s, and then the so other thing. Be, yeah, some, uh, and, some and cross generational. Yeah. yeah, well, uh, we'll have to maybe uh, <laughs> break out the analytics for this. Yeah, but also as an ode to Dynasty Hockey Co. You pull an Islander, it's an automatic win. <laughs> okay. okay, so we got... I'm going to uh, give it a little shuffle here. We got about three minutes left in the show here, so okay. uh, let's All right. get it going. And uh, three, two, one, war. Oh, I pulled a ref. Oh, you got a ref. I don't know if that's an automatic loss or who is that? I can't see. <laughs> it's hard to say. So the referee, I got Paul Stewart, the referee. Oh, he, he was a pretty legendary ref. I had uh, Alex Steen, uh, Winnipeg boy. Yeah, yeah, Steiner. Um, on the back of the Paul Stewart card, it you know tells you about different things, and then it says the last sentence is he enjoys landscaping, gardening, and golf. Yeah, <laughs> I well, I think you get the win there because like, how often does a ref get a hockey card? Yeah, <laughs> pretty hilarious. All right, three, two, one, war. Jason Pominville. Oh, Jason Pominville, and I've got. That's an automatic uh, Bill win with, with the Team Canada. That's team automatic. Canada. Right that would be Canada. Canada Cup. Cup yeah, I think Canada Cup ninety one. Ninety one Canada Cup. Bill Ranford got the starting job, and played superbly. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful jerseys. I would. Yeah. Buy one of those. Those are great jerseys. It's yeah. kind of like the Crest of Steel jersey. We tried to rip those off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did a great job because they yeah. look. Darn good. And I like how Ranford's got the Oilers blocker and trapper going and helmet still there. And Chimo, Chimo goal stick with the Oilers colors on it too. Okay. Um, down to a, down to a minute to go here. We got to do okay. a blast here. Three, two, one, go. Uh, I got Neil Yakupov. That's a clear. Oh, loss. and I got Ray Bork in an all-star. Jersey. Oh geez. Legendary Bork. <laughs> I feel like my cards are all winning pretty easily. Well, you got nineties legends there. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah, pretty so, sweet. Okay. I'm going to, uh, okay. Three, okay, two, two, one, more, yeah. draw. Oh, this is a, Oh, I've got someone I've never even heard. Anders of Bork, Bjork. <laughs> oh, and I've Gretzky. got Wayne Gretzky on a newspaper crowning glory at the Los Angeles times. Um, and then no helmet Gretzky with flowing hair, like, and, uh, they don't, what, they don't call the, him the great one for nothing. What's the newspaper article about, uh, breaking a record. Yeah. I'm going to assume all time leading scorer in the NHL. Yeah. October 15th, 1989. He passed, right. I guess okay, he passed Howe. One more to go here. Then we got to wrap. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Who is this? Andrew oh. Cogliano. You got Andrew Cogliano. I got Ken Hodge of the oh, Boston geez. Bruins. Ken Hodge Jr. He's wearing a upper deck NHL jersey. Oh yeah, it's weird. That's a sweet shot. I think let's give that one to Cogliano. I think okay. You got well, I was, was going to give you the sweep there, but I'll, I'll well, take one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll give you Cogliano because he is an NHL Iron Man. Eh? He is. I, the, uh, he was at one point. W- was I think yeah. yeah. But that is a kind of a sweet shot. No helmet. The dark background, Ken Hodge coming up and doing the classic hockey card pose with the skate, you know, blasting some snow towards the camera. You got to like it. And you got to love it. He's wearing a suit on the back. Did you see that? Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holding they, an award for they what? Went, they went uh, upper deck 
rookie card of the year or something? All rookie team. Yeah. Hmm. It must be a college award. Maybe he got the Hobie Baker. I don't know. Oh, this the print is too fine. I'll have to get at the magnifying glass and have a look. All right, but, Tommy, uh, we're we're out of time here, Tommy. Okay. All right. Well, we better throw to our song, which we're going out on, which is "Bomber," the Motorhead cover by Ken Baumgartner, New York Islanders legend. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talk Show. Keep your stick on the ice.